Welcome to Crawling Through Scripture. My name is Peter. Join me as I read the Bible from beginning to end. Whether you're taking your first steps in faith or crawling back to Jesus, the idea of this podcast is to go from crawling through Scripture to walking in Jesus. Hello and welcome. I have been fighting with procrastination for the last three months, and I will not let it win. Uh, We're going to get back into this. On the last episode, we read Genesis 20 through 23. On Genesis 20, Abraham and Sarah, his wife, journeyed to the land of Gerar. Abraham, fearing for his life, tells King Abimelech that Sarah is his sister not his wife. To avoid any potential harm, however, God intervenes and warns Abimelech in a dream that Sarah is actually Abraham's wife. Abimelech confronts Abraham about the deception, and Abraham explains that he believed there was no fear of God in Gerar, and that Sarah was indeed his half-sister. Abimelech restores Sarah to Abraham, and Abraham prays for him and his household, and they are healed. In Genesis 21, Sarah, who was previously barren, miraculously conceives and gives birth to a son named Isaac. As God has promised, when Isaac is weaned, Abraham throws a great feast. However, Sarah notices Ishmael, the son of Hagar, mocking Isaac and she insists that Abraham send Hagar and Ishmael away. Abraham is troubled by this, but receives reassurance from God, who promises to make Ishmael into a great nation. Abraham sends Hagar and Ishmael into the wilderness with some supplies, and they wander in the wilderness of Beersheba. In Genesis 22, God tests Abraham's faith by commanding him to offer his son Isaac as a sacrifice. Abraham obediently follows God's instructions and takes Isaac to Mount Moriah. Just as Abraham is about to sacrifice his son, an angel of the Lord stops him and provides a ram caught in a thicket. As a substitute sacrifice, God commends as a substitute sacrifice. God commends Abraham's faith and provides a blessing, promising to multiply his offspring greatly. In Genesis 23, Sarah dies at the age of 127 in Hebron. Abraham mourns her and seeks a burial place for her. He negotiates with the Hittites to purchase a cave and field called Machpelah as a burial site. The Hittites initially offer the burial site to Abraham as a gift, but he insists on paying the full price. Abraham buys the property, and Sarah is buried in the cave of Machpelah. These chapters in Genesis highlight Abraham's journey of faith, his relationship with God, the fulfillment of God's promises, and the significant events surrounding the birth of his son, Isaac. Now, in today's episode, we are going to 
read Genesis 24 through 26. I'm going to try to uh, have little to no uh, comments. That's what messed me up in, this, in the past. Uh, all these little comments, sound effects, blah, 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 to try to get, uh, I don't know. It's just to try to put my two cents, make it interesting. I don't know. The Bible doesn't need me to be interested. But uh, I would have to edit those in, which took a lot of time, which, again, is an excuse. But I'm going to just read. That's going to try to do more reading, less yapping. You know what I'm saying? So let's get into it. We're starting with Genesis 24. Abraham was now a very old man. And the Lord had blessed him in every way. One day Abraham said to his oldest servant, The man in charge of his household, take an oath by putting your hand under my thigh. Swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and earth, that you will not allow my son to marry one of these local Canaanite women. Go instead to my homeland, to my relatives, and find a wife there for my son Isaac. The servant asked, but what if I can't find a young woman who is willing to travel so far from home? Should I then take Isaac there to live among your relatives in the land you came from? No, Abraham responded. Be careful never to take my son there. For the Lord, the God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and my native land, solemnly promised to give this land to my descendants. He will send his angel ahead of you. And he will see to it that you find a wife there for my son. If she is unwilling to come back with you, then you are free from this oath of mine. But under no circumstances are you to take my son there. So the servant took an oath by putting his hand under the thigh of his master, Abraham. He swore to follow Abraham's instructions. Then he loaded ten of Abraham's camels with all kinds of expensive gifts from his master. And he traveled to distant Aram Naharam. There he went to the town where Abraham's brother Nahor had settled. He made the camels kneel beside a well just outside the town. It was evening, and the women were coming out to draw water. O Lord, God of my master, Abraham, he prayed, please give me success today. And show unfailing love to my master, Abraham. See, I am standing here beside this spring. And the young women of the town are coming out to draw water. This is my request. I will ask one of them, please give me a drink from your jug. If she says yes, have a drink. I will water your camels too. Let her be the one you have selected as Isaac's wife. This is how I will know that you have shown unfailing love to my master. I know I wasn't going to put a lot of commentary into this, but uh, let's put this into context. That's a pretty big ask. I don't know anything about ancient camels or camels back in this day, but camels in today's day and age can drink about 200 liters, which are 53 gallons of water in three minutes. So, um, 
That was a pretty big ask. That's a huge sign. 53 gallons. 3 minutes. Just for one camel. Imagine 10 of them. Before he had finished praying, he saw a young woman named Rebecca coming out with her water jug on her shoulder. She was the daughter of Bethuel, who was the son of Abraham's brother Nahor and his wife Elka. Rebecca was very beautiful and old enough to be married, but she was still a virgin. She went down to the spring, filled her jug, and came up again. Running over to her, the servant said, Please give me a little drink of water from your jug. Yes, my lord, she answered. Have a drink. And she quickly lowered her jug from her shoulder and gave him a drink. When she had given him a drink, she said, I'll draw water for your camels too, until they have had enough to drink. So she quickly emptied her jug into the watering trough and ran back to the well to draw water for all his camels. The servant watched her in silence, wondering whether or not the Lord had given him success in his mission. Then at last, when the camels had finished drinking, he took out a gold ring for her nose and two large gold bracelets for her wrists. Whose daughter are you? he asked. And please tell me, would your father have any room to put us up for the night? I'm the daughter of Bethuel, she replied. My grandparents are Nahor and Milka. Yes, we have plenty of straw and feed for the camels, and we have room for guests. The men bowed low and worshipped the Lord. Praise the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, he said. The Lord has shown unfailing love and faithfulness to my master, for he has led me straight to my master's relatives. The young woman ran home to tell her family everything that had happened. Now Rebecca had a brother named Laban, who ran out to meet the man at the spring. He had seen the nose ring and the bracelets on his sister's wrists, and had heard Rebecca tell what the man had said. So he rushed out to the spring, where the man was still standing beside his camels. Laban said to him, Come and stay with us. You who are blessed by the Lord, why are you standing here outside the town when I have room all ready for you and a place prepared for the camels? So the man went down. So the man went home with Laban, and Laban unloaded the camels, gave him straw for their bedding, fed them, and provided water for the man and the camel drivers to wash their feet. Then food was served. But Abraham's servant said, I don't want to eat until I have told you why I have come. All right, Laban said, tell us. I am Abraham's servant, he explained, and the Lord has greatly blessed my master. He has become a wealthy man. The Lord has given him flocks of sheep and goats, herds of cattle, a fortune in silver and gold, and many male and female servants, and camels and donkeys. When Sarah, my master's wife, was very old, she gave birth to my master's son, and my master has given him everything he owns. And my master made me take an oath. He said, 
Do not allow my son to marry one of these local Canaanite women. Go instead to my father's house, to my relatives, and find a wife there for my son. But I said to my master, what if I can't find a young woman who is willing to go back with me? He responded, the Lord in whose presence I have lived will send his angel with you and will make your mission successful. Yes, you must find a wife for my son from among my relatives, from my father's family. Then you will have fulfilled your obligation. But if you go to my relatives and they refuse to let her go with you, you will be free from my oath. So today, when I came to the spring, I prayed this prayer. O Lord, God of my master, Abraham, please give me success on this mission. See, I'm standing here beside the spring. This is my request. When a young woman comes to draw water, I will say to her, please give me a little drink of water from your jug. If she says, yes, have a drink, and I will draw water for your camels, too. Let her be the one you have selected to be the wife of my master's son. Before I had finished praying, in my heart, I saw Rebecca coming out with her water jug on her shoulder. She went down to the spring and drew water. So I said to her, please give me a drink. She quickly lowered her jug from her shoulder and said, yes, have a drink and I will water your camels too. So I drank, and then she watered the camels. Then I asked, whose daughter are you? She replied, I am the daughter of Bethuel, and my grandparents are Nahor and Milcah. So I put the ring on her nose and the bracelets on her wrists. Then I bowed low and worshiped the Lord. I praised the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, because he had led me straight to my master's niece to be his son's wife. So tell me, will you or won't you show unfailing love and faithfulness to my master? Please tell me yes or no, and then I'll know what to do next. Then Laban and Bethuel replied, the Lord has obviously brought you here, so there is nothing we can say. Here's Rebecca. Take her and go. Yes, let her be the wife of your master's son, as the Lord has directed. When Abraham's servant heard their answer, he bowed down to the ground and worshipped the Lord. Then he brought out silver and gold, jewelry and clothing, and presented them to Rebecca. He also gave expensive presents to her brother and mother. Then they ate their meal and the servant and the men with him stayed there overnight. But early the next morning, Abraham's servant said, Send me back to my master. But we want Rebecca to stay with us at least ten days, her brother and mother said, that she can go. But he said, Don't delay me. The Lord has made my mission successful. Now send me back so I can return to my master. Well, they said, we'll call Rebecca and ask her what she thinks. So they call Rebecca. Are you willing to go with this man? They asked her. And she replied, yes, I will go. So they said goodbye 
to Rebekah and sent her away with Abraham's servant and his men. The woman who had been Rebekah's childhood nurse went along with her. They gave her this blessing as she parted. Our sister, may you become the mother of many millions. May your descendants be strong and conquer the cities of their enemies. Then Rebekah and her servant girls mounted the camels and followed the man. So Abraham's servant took Rebekah and went on his way. Meanwhile, Isaac, whose home was in the Negev, had returned from Ber Laheroi. One evening, as he was walking and meditating in the fields, he looked up and saw the camels coming. When Rebekah looked up and saw Isaac, she quickly dismounted from her camel. Who is that man walking through the field to meet us? She asked the servant, and he replied, It is my master. So Rebekah covered her face with her veil. Then the servant told Isaac everything he had done. And Isaac brought Rebekah into his mother's Sarah's tent, and she became his wife. He loved her deeply, and she was a special comfort for him after the death of his mother. Abraham married another wife, whose name was Keturah. She gave birth to Zimran, Jokshan, Midan, Midian, Ishbak, and Shah. Jokshan was the father of Sheba and Dedan. Dedan's descendants were the Asherites, Lechuites, Lemuites, Midians. Sons were the Epha, Epher, Anak, Abida, Elda. These were all descendants of Abraham through Katara. Abraham gave everything he owned to his son Isaac, but before he died, he gave gifts to the sons of his concubines and sent them off to the land in the east, away from Isaac. Abraham lived for 175 years, and he died at a ripe old age. Having lived a long and satisfying life, he breathed his last and joined his ancestors in death. His sons Isaac and Ishmael buried him in the cave of Machpelah near Mamre, in the field of Ephron's son of Zohar the Hittite. This was the field Abraham had purchased from the Hittites and where he had buried his wife Sarah. After Abraham's death, God blessed his son Isaac, who settled near Ber Laheroi in the Negev. This is the account of the family of Ishmael, the son of Abraham through Hagar, Sarah's Egyptian servant. Here's a list by their names and clans. Of Ishmael's descendants, the oldest was Nabaioth, followed by Kedar, Adbel, Mibsam, Mishma, Dumah, Masa, Hadad, Tema, Jitter, Nephish, and Kedma. These twelve sons of Ishmael became the founders of twelve tribes named after them. Listed according to the place they settled and camped, Ishmael lived for 137 years.
Then he breathed his last and joined his ancestors in death. Ishmael's descendants occupied the region from Havilah to Shur, which is east of Egypt, in the direction of Asher. There they lived in open hostility toward all their relatives. This is the account of the family of Isaac, the son of Abraham. When Isaac was 40 years old, he married Rebekah, the daughter of Bethuel, the Aramean from Paddan Aram, and the sister of Laban, the Aramean. Isaac pleaded with the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was unable to have children. The Lord answered Isaac's prayer and Rebekah became pregnant with twins. But the two children struggled with each other in her womb. So she went to ask the Lord about it. Why is this happening to me? She asked. And the Lord told her, The sons in your womb will become two nations. From the very beginning, the two nations will be rivals. One nation will be stronger than the other, and, the, and your older son will serve your younger son. And when the time came to give birth, Rebekah discovered that she did indeed have twins. The first one was very red at birth and was covered with thick hair like a fur coat. So they named him Esau. Then the other twin was born with his hand grasping Esau's heel. So they named him Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when the twins were born. As the boys grew up, Esau became a skillful hunter. He was an outdoorsman, but Jacob had a quiet temperament, preferring to stay at home. Isaac loved Esau because he joined because he enjoyed eating the wild game Esau brought home. But Rebekah loved Jacob. One day when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau arrived home from the wilderness, exhausted and hungry. Esau said to Jacob, I'm starved. Give me some of that red stew. This is how Esau got his other name, Edom, which means red. All right, Jacob replied, but trade me your rights as the firstborn son. Look, I'm dying of starvation, said Esau. What good is my birthright to me now? But Jacob said, first you must swear that your birthright is mine. So Esau swore an oath, thereby selling his rights as the firstborn to his brother, Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and lentil soup. Esau ate the meal, then got up and left. He showed his contempt for his rights as the firstborn. Now that was Genesis 25. Now we're getting into Genesis 26. A severe famine now struck the land, as had happened before in Abraham's time. So Isaac moved to Gerar where Abimelech, king of the Philistines, lived. The Lord appeared to Isaac and said, Do not go down to Egypt, but do as I tell you. Live here as a foreigner in this land. 
and I will be with you and bless you. I hereby confirm that I will give you all these lands to you and your descendants, just as I solemnly promised Abraham, your father. I will cause your descendants to become as numerous as the stars of the sky, and I will give them all these lands. And through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. I will do this because Abraham listened to me and obeyed all my requirements, commands, decrees, and instructions. So Isaac stayed in Gerar. When the men who lived there asked Isaac about his wife, Rebekah, he said, she is my sister. Where does that sound familiar? He was afraid to say, she is my wife. He thought they would kill me to get her because she is so beautiful. But sometime later, Abimelech, king of the Philistines, looked out his window and saw Isaac caressing Rebekah. Immediately, Abimelech called for Isaac and exclaimed, She is obviously your wife. Why did you say she is my sister? Because I was afraid someone will kill me to get her from me, Isaac replied. How could you do this to us? Abimelech exclaimed. One of my people might easily have taken your wife and slept with her, and you would have made us guilty of great sin. Then Abimelech issued a public proclamation. Anyone who touches this man or his wife will be put to death. When Isaac planted his crop that year, he harvested a hundred times more grain than he planted. For the Lord blessed him. He became a very rich man, and his wealth continued to grow. He acquired so many flocks of sheep and goats, herds of cattle, and servants that the Philistines became jealous of him. So the Philistines filled up all of Isaac's wells with dirt. These were the wells that had been dug by the servants of his father Abraham. Finally, Abimelech ordered Isaac to leave the country. Go somewhere else, he said, for you have become too powerful for us. So Isaac moved away to the Gerar Valley, where he set up their tents and settled down. He reopened the wells his father had dug, which the Philistines had filled in after Abraham's death. Isaac also restored the names Abraham had given them. Isaac's servants also dug in the Gerar Valley and discovered a well of fresh water. But then the shepherds of Gerar came and claimed the spring. This is our water, they said, and they argued over it with Isaac's herdsmen. So Isaac named the well Essek, which means argument. Isaac's men then dug another well, but again there was a dispute over it. So Isaac named it Sitna, which means hostility. Abandon abandoning that one, Isaac moved on and dug another well. This time, there was no dispute over it. So Isaac named the place Rehoboth, which means open space. For he said, at last, the Lord has created enough space for us to prosper in this land. From there, Isaac moved to Beersheba where the Lord appeared to him on the night of his arrival 
I am the God of your father, Abraham, he said. Do not be afraid, for I am with you and will bless you. I will multiply your descendants, and they will become a great nation. I will do this because of my promise to Abraham, my servant. Then Isaac built an altar there and worshipped the Lord. He set up camp at that place, and his servants dug another well. One day, King Abimelech came from Gerar with his advisor, Ahazah, and also Fickle, his army commander. Why have you come here? Isaac asked. You obviously hate me since you kicked me off your land. You obviously hate me since you kicked me off your land. They replied, We can plainly see that the Lord is with you. So we want to enter into a sworn treaty with you. Let's make a covenant. Swear that you will not harm us, just as we have never troubled you. We have always treated you well, and we sent you away from us in peace. And now look how the Lord has blessed you. So Isaac prepared a covenant feast to celebrate the treaty, and they ate and drank together. Early the next morning, they each took a solemn oath not to interfere with each other. Then Isaac sent them home again, and they left him in peace. That very day, Isaac's servants came and told him about a new. That very day, Isaac's servants came and told him about a new well they had dug. We found water, they exclaimed. So Isaac named the well. Sheba, which means oath, which means oath. And to this day, the town that grew up there is called Beersheba, which means well of the oath. At the age of 40, Esau married two Hittite wives, Judith and the daughter of Barry, and Basemeth, the daughter of Elon. But Esau's wives made life miserable for Isaac and Rebekah. Okay, so that's the episode. The next one we'll be reading Genesis 27 through 29. Thank you for those who've been keeping up and listening. I know it's been a while since I've last recorded and posted, but please keep this podcast in your prayers. Keep me in your prayers. I definitely need the motivation. We all need the motivation in the times that we are living in. I'm going to be putting a link to a GoFundMe for a man named Hans Schmidt. He's a 26-year-old father and husband who was shot in Glendale, Arizona about two days ago for preaching the word of God and inviting people to his church, or at least the church that he was working out of. I want to say it was called Victory Chapel. It's a Pentecostal church in Glendale. If you want to donate, like I said, I'll have the GoFundMe in the description. And God bless you guys. I have the GoFundMe in the description. Please keep him in your prayers. And God bless you guys. To the next one.